coming up on Pass the Secret Sauce. Uh, we built on top of Selenium, we built our own automation platform to file these state, state LLCs, corporations, get the EINs from the, the IRS. So there are no APIs. No state has an API. Yeah, right. We just have a bot that runs on top of this open source software that basically opens up a Chrome browser and then goes to the Secretary of State, takes all the information that we have in our system and goes zit, 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 next, zit, 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 next, zit, zit, And then on the last page, it takes a screenshot and then parses the screenshot and then says, does that match what's in our system? Yes. Okay. Go ahead and file. And then once we get the filing, that automatically goes into a specific email inbox. We take that filing. We automatically look at it through some OCR software, parse that data. Does it match our system? Yes. Okay, great. Go to the next step, get the EIN. And so we actually have a, a system. So, you know, every state's different in Texas it takes two days uh, to get an LLC back from the state in Florida. It's like three days, California, five days, New York and 11 other states are instant. Welcome to the show. I'm Matt Shields. On Pass the Secret Sauce, we unscramble the life stories, skills, and secrets from the most wicked smart minds and interesting people to uncover their experience and recipes for success that will help you get an edge on your own life. My goal is to help you rein in on the chaos that life throws at us by learning from other high achievers. If you're new to the show, we have episodes with founders, CEOs, investors, and leaders. So if you like to learn and are motivated to improve your life, then kick back and listen to our guests pass their secret sauce. Up next on Pass the Secret Sauce, we have Chad Senechek, who is the founder of Better Legal. So we get into a lot of what Better Legal does, but at the core of this episode, this is really all about automation and automating your workflows, automating, streamlining, managing your processes and, and how to make those as efficient and as effective as possible. So Chad has a wonderful way of breaking down very, very complex, long processes, and he's done this on his system, Better Legal, but breaking down very, very long, complicated processes into little bite-sized chunks. And we go through how to integrate this and how to implement this in your own business. So we cover things like, you know, where to start, how to, how to begin implementing this, how to know and understand and validate that the tools that you're going to use are going to be effective and not just break on you. We get into you know some of the some of the other nuances of different tools and different systems that you can use. Some of these I've never even heard of either. So, really, really insightful, great, great episode. So again, if you're looking to streamline your business or make your business more efficient and sort of hands off automate things a little bit more, which who doesn't want to do that, right? This is an episode that you certainly are not going to want to miss. Well, it started in front of the television. So, you know, every, I think everybody would retreat to their preferred televisions. And then I think uh, when I was in high school, my dad was an entrepreneur. He was a sole practicing attorney. Okay. So he worked out of the, out of the office. And so, and my mom was a teacher. So my dad actually started cooking. Okay. My mom, you know, my mom, worked from like, you know, teachers 
teachers are overworked and underpaid, right? They show up early, they leave late. And so, you know, a lot of our meals were just like kind of Taco Bell and stuff like that until my dad started cooking because he was working from home to save money on not having to spend money on an office. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. So uh, my dad actually became a really, really great cook. He, I remember one time he made like, it was like tomato soup, but there were like two different colors of tomatoes. So it was like oh, wow. red tomatoes and then yellow tomatoes. And then he poured them into the bowl wow. at the same time. So half of it was red and half of it was yellow. So it, it really evolved and, and not, you know, not, nothing against my mother. It's, you know, it's just the system. Yeah. Um, but my dad just was able to kind of be at home and take time and, and, and handle that. So he just kind of got into it. Yeah, it sounds like he uh, he dove pretty deep into into the practice there, huh? I don't. I, think I gave him a like. I used to be a big GQ reader. Okay. And, uh, I think I I pulled it out of the magazine and was okay. like, "Look at that!" <laughs> and took it as a challenge and, and made it happen. That's awesome. That's awesome. So obviously, you 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 got some of the entrepreneurial bug probably from your father. Yeah. Yeah, you- it actually goes all the way. So my 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 mom's dad and my uh, dad's dad all were entrepreneur so my my dad's dad was a home builder my mom's dad owned a fuel company uh up in connecticut my whole family's from connecticut so yeah just it's it's always been been part of the family yeah yeah and and typically what how how what was the first company or first thing that you kind of started dabbling in i mean you know some of our guests you know they were the ones selling candy or they had you know the lemonade stands was that you or what what was kind of your your path when you first started dipping your toes in the water no it 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 happened much later it was post college so i was i worked at dell for a year you know i live in austin so mm-hmm. Everybody worked at Dell. Yeah. Um, at some point in their lives, it's like a rite of passage. But I remember leaving Dell and just wanting to start my own business. And I, I had some money saved up. I was I was an early investor in Dell. I remember I bought uh twenty two hundred dollars worth of debt of of Apple stock in like two thousand three or two thousand four. Oh, wow. Yeah. Eleven dollars a share. Wow. And it like. It, had I been holding it now, I'd be a millionaire, but yeah, <laughs> but you know, it ran up and I made a bunch of money. And so I like kind of took that money and I was still living at home with my parents. And so I, I just kind of lived off of that and it was super cheap to live at home. So I took that money and, and decided I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And this was like way before it was cool. This is like in 2005. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the amount of tools that I had at my disposal were, were a fraction of what they are now. You know, if I was, if I was, 25 again or 22 23 like it, you know i feel like i have a much better head start but so I'm, I'm i'm definitely envious of the younger generation but i actually worked for one of my dad's friends who did septic tank installation and in maintenance okay so i moonlight as an entrepreneur and i used a site called rentacoder.com yeah yeah bought and then bought again and then bought by and eventually is now upwork yep and, and we use upwork through and through. So like I, I am a, a disciple of Upwork and I've been like, I used to actually be my quote was on Upwork's web or uh, uh, Rent-A-Coder's website. Cause I was okay. like a 25 year old guy that was doing septic tank installation and doing this stuff. So they were like, Oh, this is, this is the kind of person we want to cater to. Yeah. So, yeah. So I remember my parents had an attic that was a converted attic and I would, 
I would go upstairs and my guy was in India. And so he wouldn't get on until his time, time frame. It was much less of a, everybody works us hours like it does now. But so I remember just kind of living upstairs after, after hours of moonlighting and just turning my speaker all the way to 11 and like taking a nap on the futon yeah. until I heard like the bling, bling. Yeah. 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 I chatting at me and then I'd get up and I'd work with him for a couple of hours figuring out what I needed and testing stuff and blah, blah, blah. And this is before GitHub and, and proper versioning sure. and not even hosted. I mean, it was, I, I think about all the different pieces that were required just to launch a simple app Yeah, back then, uh, having to co-locate my own server. I, I hired another guy who was a high school student in, in Oklahoma, who's now a, a great coder out in, in Silicon Valley, but he like I, I paid for a co-location facility in like Omaha because it was within a 30 minute drive to him. And he, in high school, I, I, I went to newegg.com and sent him all of the parts for a server Yeah, yeah. In, a, in an IT class in high school, built the server and then drove out and co-located the server into, into this co-location facility so I could run my app. So that was the very first thing. And my very first thing I built was just like a, like kind of a competitor to Squarespace. Okay. Uh, it was just like a website builder because I had a lot of people ask me to build them a website. Yeah. And I yeah. just am lazy fundamentally. So if I have to do something more than once, like I am trying to figure out how to automate it to the point where a CEO at a company I worked for back in the day used to call it Chatomation. Chatomation. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I've always just been an automation freak. Like I, I hate doing things manually, but, but yeah. now I kind of do it manually and figure out how, okay, now that I'm doing it manually, how can I automate it a little bit and automate a little bit more, a little bit more. And so my, my company now, Better Legal, is just heavily, heavily, heavily automated. Uh, but we've also built a platform underneath it. So the, the filers that, that manage everything instead of them manually filing all this stuff, they can actually maintain the, uh, the automations. If there's a change to the secretary of state's website or anything like that, ah. they can actually alter it and they can fix it. So it's much more of a, you know, I'm a big believer in automation, but I also kind of believe in just elevating people's work, you know, just because you're an entry-level worker does not mean that you should just be doing grunt work all the time. Now there is the grunt work that needs to be done, but if I can provide you better tools to be more efficient, provide you tools and education on how to use these tools and do your own stuff. I think that is the future. And anybody that uh, takes advantage of that kind of mentality of just providing their 10 or $15 an hour workers the best tool so they can be more efficient. It makes you more profitable. They enjoy their jobs more because they're not just paper, paper pushers or, sure. you know, what we call sometimes is digital manual labor, you know, allow them to kind of take, take the bull by the horns really. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously you, you mentioned you, you, you love automation and all of that. When you go into an opportunity and I guess, I should maybe ask, do you provide these types of services for other companies or, or, you know, do you, you know, kind of have a, a way where you would look at a given task and can you determine whether or not that's a good task to be able to automate or that's a, a potential task that can be automated? Or I, I guess, I guess that's probably the, the best way to be able to phrase that is, is when you're looking at a task to, to 
automate or that you want to try to automate? Are there any characteristics that you should be looking for that you know would meet certain parameters that say yes, this is a good uh, this is a good option or this is a good candidate to be able to automate whatever this task is? Um, because I think that that's what one of the problems that a lot of people have is you know they they say well I want to automate all of this but they don't necessarily understand if for if it can be or can't be automated. So I'm, I'm curious if you have any I guess cues or things that you look for that that can say yes this is absolutely can be automated and you know this is a good candidate for that it would be to take things in snack size chunks Mm -hmm. automate something that is very simple to automate and then extend it so i i've fallen into the trap a lot of times where i'm like oh we'll automate this from end to end and then it 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 just takes forever to launch and yeah. there's something that always is broken and there's always something that kind of is a little not working right and so you really need to kind of separate this big kind of amorphous thing that becomes so hard to tackle that you just never get started <clears throat> into something that is very small and very simple and then automate that make sure that thing is running perfectly and then figure out what is, you know, work backwards. So it's kind of, you know, what are the things that take the most time? Yeah. Uh, the most time, the things you have to do the most and just kind of, as you go through your day, make a list of all of these things that you're doing, how much time it takes you. I actually have an app that I use called get harvest. And when I do certain tasks, if I'm kind of trying to like figure something out, I'll create like little projects or companies and say, I'm working on this task, start, stop. I'm working on on this task, start, stop. And that'll kind of inform me, you know, what is sucking up a lot of my time? Because what people don't realize is, you know, time, you know, this is getting into like philosophical stuff, but time is just like our perception (laughs) of, of, of something that happens. You know, I was, I was doing something the other day and I thought I spent, I literally thought I spent five minutes doing something. I told my fiance, I was like, Hey, I'm going to go do this. It'll take me five minutes. And like two hours later I came back and she was furious. Cause like, we were going to go eat after I was done with this task. I thought it just, I was in and out. And yeah. it was like, that was two hours. You left yeah. at 1230. And so you, you really have to keep yourself honest by figuring out, you know, how much is this thing actually taking on my time? Because something is something that you might hate doing. Yeah, yeah. You want to automate that thing, but it might only take five, five minutes a month in reality. Yeah. And even though you hate it, if you can automate something that you do 37 times, it takes five minutes each, but it, you kind of enjoy it, you know, that you like, what's more important to you doing something that you love or getting more of your time back? Mm-hmm. Because once you get your time back, then you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. I I would say start small and, and just take things a little bit at a time. And when you do launch something, make sure that it is like bulletproof. If it fails, you get notifications that it failed. Like you, like I, I love leaving myself breadcrumbs. Okay. Something will eventually fail. And when something does fail, you need to be able to kind of like, you need to leave yourself a paper trail to be like, okay, what happened here? Da, 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 da. Yeah. I could talk about this for. Yeah, no, that, and that's, that's really interesting. And, and that's, I, I think that that's another, another 
you know, thing that people struggle with is where do I start? So you kind of just, you just explain where to start at, but what if you are in a situation where you're trying to say you work for a company and they have this, you know, this whole elaborate system that is already set up and, you know, it, it, it would almost create double work where, you know, you're, you're automating this one part, but you know, that one part, you, you, you might be using some type of a system that's you're feeding everything into that system. So if you're going to start automating something that doesn't necessarily talk with that one system and you kind of start going over here where you, you kind of almost have this, this dual path, do you ever, do you ever run into situations like that? Does that make sense? Where, you know, you need a little bit more clarification for me on that. So, so, so like if you're, let's say you have a, say a CRM system that your company has used forever and that CRM system doesn't do a bunch of different things that you need to do. You've got all these other systems that, that you're doing sort of outside of the CRM, but because the CRM is sort of the hub, you know, the main, the main interface that everybody uses, all of that information eventually ends up getting trickled or funneled back into the CRM eventually. So if you're. As it's supposed to, but yeah, I think, I think I know where you're going with this. So, and the 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 biggest competitor to any CRM is the spreadsheet. Yeah. Everybody will yeah. default to just throwing something in a spreadsheet because it's like it's uh, the spreadsheet is almost like a visual programming language. Yeah. For, you know, the layman. But what you can do in that situation is you can use whatever tool you want, but as long as you wire things back into the CRM that you're supposed to Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's perfectly fine to use whatever tool you want. I'm, I'm actually a huge proponent. Like, you know, I've got a love hate relationship with Salesforce, but you know, so many people, so many like higher ups at companies buy Salesforce, they buy, you know, 250 licenses paid annually, three year subscription, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And then they yeah. tell every, and then they spend a year with uh, Salesforce admins building something out and a bunch of, they, they, they put a huge investment in it. But then every single person is their own unique individual and they do something different. Yep. Yep. Um, exactly. And so their process is just like, it's, it's like top down versus bottom up. And so you want to create something you, you want to, a company needs to have processes to thrive and grow and predict, you know, how things are going to get done. Yep. So I understand the bot, the top down approach and why that's important. But people are people and they're just going to do what they want anyway. Yeah. So, you know, I, I worked at a company where, you know, my buddy would put it all on a spreadsheet. And then at the end of the month or at the end of the quarter, he would have to manually go and like throw all this information in. But now with these tools that we have, you know, I'm a huge user of Zapier. Yeah. There's no reason why you couldn't then just like have like a two sheets where it's like sheet one, which is just your raw, like how you manage information. And then sheet two, where it needs to get back into the system. Once you're done manipulating whatever, just copy and paste the rows that you want to re-enter back into the, into Salesforce, however it needs to be entered. Yeah. And then paste it in that second sheet and then let the zap that you've designed pick it up and throw it back into the CRM the way that it needs to be put back in there. Yeah. That's a way that any normal Joe Schmo can automate. They, they can be a part of a bigger company and if, if they just want to work in their own, they want to do their own personal CRM, they want to use a spreadsheet, they want to do something else, and it needs to get back into that system, that's a good way for anybody to be able to do that in, 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 both, in both, both organizations or both groups win. Hey, it's Matt. 
If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know that I've been involved in the multifamily real estate realm for a while. It's something that I truly, truly enjoy, and I wanted you, my listeners, to be the first to know about something new coming out. We're calling it the MultiWiser Deal Room. It's a community of individuals just like you who want to get wise about multifamily real estate investing, developing, and even owning and managing your own complexes. You'll be able to network with people from all sections of the industry, from investors looking for deals, project managers looking for investors, real estate brokers, property management agencies, contractors, remodeling experts, finance gurus, you name it, we're going to have it in the network. I've been at this for a while, and I know it takes a community to make just one of these projects happen. And the MultiWiser Deal Room is my attempt to shorten your learning curve and get you plugged into leading experts fast who can help you close your own deals. We start off with a video glossary of over 150 commonly used terms to increase your understanding and help you get moving. Also included in the community are training videos to help you be successful, like how to put together a pitch deck, build a team, and so much more. We're going to have live interactive Zoom calls where you can ask your questions and learn from people who are actually out there in the industry doing it. For more information, go to multiwiser.com. The top down, the organization that needs everything done the way they, they, they do it so they can report. Yeah, information gets in properly and the person that wants to do it the way that they want to do it gets to do that. And so that's the way I, I think I would love to see more people that are just, you know, run of the mill employees building their own automations to do that. Yeah, because um, then because because it's important that the, the companies that spend that invest all this money on all this technology get the data in properly. And I, I used to yeah. work at a, an integration company for like seven years. And the biggest problem everybody has is dirty data. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Bad data, bad, bad data in equals, you know, bad data out. Yeah, so, yeah. so in your experience, whether that be through better legal or, you know, any, any of the other companies that you've gone and done this, the, the automation process through, do you have any feeling as to what type of typical, typical time frame or time you're saving on any, you know, given one task, like you, know, once you, you know, you start, you start off the, with this automation path, any idea or, or approximate amount of time that you have been able to save, you know, going with the, the initial task, as opposed to, you know, the fully baked, fully deployed process where everything's automated. Is there, is there any type of, it feels like you're running uphill for a long time. Mm -hmm. Then once it's running, it kind of, you don't, it's almost like, what have you done for me late, lately syndrome where you're kind of like, Oh, I'm always doing this stuff. But you know, as you layer, as you do all these automations, you're, you start working on other things. Yeah. And so the automations are just doing your job. So for example, my fiance, who I mentioned earlier, just started her own side hustle. And so she was like, I need an LLC for my charcuterie business. And I'm like, okay. great. You know, here's the form, set it up. And, you know, she put it, she got no information from me. I, she, I just gave her the link. She went through the whole process. And then she was like, hey, you just called me. And I was like, what do you mean? And I was like, oh, I use a tool called Sly Broadcast that allows me to just literally call in and say, Hey, this is better legal. Just want to let you know that we filed your document with the state, blah, 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 blah. And it's literally just a, a little recording that's that long. Yeah. Anytime in our system that 
an LLC goes from like in progress to filed, it automatically shoots off this voicemail. So it bypasses the actual phone call. It just drops the voicemail into whoever's phone that you give it. And then we fire off a text and an email. Yeah. That's, some people that's are cool. like, stop contacting me. But other yeah. people are like, you know, because some people, the email goes into spam. Other people don't check their voicemail. Some people don't check their texts. They've got 500. So like we at least touch all bases, but you know, it's my voice on there. And so she was like, you just called and left me a voicemail. And I was like, no, I actually didn't. And so this, it's just those little things that once you realize after you stacked all these things on top of each other, you all of a sudden kind of realize, oh man, like I could just not do anything next week. And like the core stuff that needs to get done, just, just have to, yeah. whereas yeah. like if I had never built any of those things, I would have to be either doing it manually or hiring someone to like make a phone call, send it yeah. down. do you do you find that you have a hard time finding any type of tools at all is there is there any type of i i guess there's two parts to that number one are there tools that you can't necessarily find uh and number two once you do find a tool how do you know that it that it works is there any type of validation process that you you go through like i've never heard of the sly what it would call it sly yeah Yeah. sly Sly broadcast i've never heard of that one before but you know there's all these different tools yeah, so I actually use Zapier. And so if anybody doesn't know what Zapier is, Zapier, uh, Z-A-P as in Paul, I-E-R, is just an like a, a kind of do-it-yourself automation platform. Mm-hmm. It makes it super easy for someone to just build a simple automation, but you can actually just like build multi-step automations and you start wiring them together. So you can get, go as advanced as you want. We've even got it to where we've actually built our own APIs in our system. And now we send Zaps back and forth and our Zaps will request information from our system and do all this stuff. So Zapier is just an automation platform that is is something like a Lego, Lego set to where it, you can start off building something very simple, but then you can expand over time. But I use Zapier, and, and the reason why Zapier is a great product is because they have like 3,000 different endpoints that they connect to. And so whenever I need something, whenever I come up with an idea for something, I literally just go shopping in their little... Yeah, that makes uh, sense. Thing. So it's like, oh, I need form software. And I go to there, I click on forms, and I see all the different form softwares, and I'm like, control, click, 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 click. And then yeah. I just kind of go shopping to see what's available. Yep. Um, if they don't provide it, th- there's always a way to do it. So like there, there's a, you know, there's a tool called Selenium. Now this is where you have to get uh, developers involved, but there's a tool called Selenium where you can actually, you know, if an API doesn't exist in an app, you can actually just build a, a it's essentially a web browser that does the clicking for you. Okay. So that's, that's what we've built. Uh, we built on top of Selenium. We built our own automation platform to file these state, state LLCs, corporations, get the EINs from the, the IRS. So there are no APIs. No state has an API. Yeah, right. We just have a bot that runs on top of this open source software that basically opens up a Chrome browser and then goes to the Secretary of State, takes all the information that we have in our system and goes zit, 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 next, zit, 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 next, and then on the last page, it takes a screenshot and then parses the screenshot and then says, does that match what's in our system? Yes. Okay. Go ahead and file. And then once we get the filing, it automatically goes into a specific email inbox. 
we take that filing, we automatically look at it through some OCR software, parse that data, does it match our system? Yes, okay, great. Go to the next step, get the EIN. And so we actually have a, a system. So you know, every state's different. In Texas, it takes two days uh, to get an LLC back from the state. In Florida, it's like three days. California, five days. New York and 11 other states are instant. So we okay. actually have, we kind of pushed ourselves to, we want, we'd like to go fully automated. But in New York, we started with, they're instant. So we actually have a one hour turnaround and we, we average now, I think like 11 to 15 minutes. Wow. So as long as you order during normal business hours, our system goes and gets the New York filing, goes and gets the EIN filing, pushes everything together, generates the legal documents, verifies that it has everything. And then it shoots it back to the customer. So a customer can literally just from their cell phone, order an LLC in New York. And then 15 minutes later, get an email from us. It's like, and they're probably That's, getting phone calls and texts from me where it's like, we filed it. Yeah. Okay, we're done. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Probably and, people go crazy. Like, how are they doing any of this? And how are they calling me? And then, and, and, and that includes the EIN number. You, you get that all, you know, within a few minutes as well in, in those few states. Yeah. Cause an EIN is instant as well. Um, right. Now what's interesting is an EIN, which you get from the IRS's website, there are no humans involved. But it still works normal business hours from like 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday. Don't ask me why that happens. But like if someone orders on Sunday, we essentially have to just put a little delay in there. Yeah. And Monday morning at 7 a.m. It's like, okay, New York, EIN, get this, get that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so we've developed this whole system. So anybody that wants to start a small business that needs an LLC or a corporation can just get it from us. Some things, you know, if it's like Missouri, you know, we still do that manually currently. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know. Texas, California, Florida, New York are, are like 40% of all of our filings. And so those are all automated. We've got Wyoming automated now. We're just kind of going down the line and just, you know, highest volume. Yep. Uh, yep. And, and now that we've got the EIN and the, because every single person that gets an LLC from us gets the state filing for the 299 that we, we have. It's the state filing, the EIN filing and the legal documents, the operating agreement or the bylaws, whichever, if you're an LLC or corporation, yep. Yep. we get that to you for that one price as fast as the state, as your state will turn it around. Yeah. So, you know, now that we've got the EIN and the operating agreement part also automated, we now have a system where someone, you know, if it's Missouri or Kansas and we haven't automated it yet, we do that part manually. And then as soon as we get it back, and it goes into the customer's documents hub in their uh, in their account on their dashboard. We then just say, okay, do the rest. And then it goes and gets the EIN and the operating agreement. So really, I should say like 70 plus percent of all filings that we do are automated. Wow, that's incredible. That's incredible. So uh, this is going to be a very, very specific question. I'm not sure if, if you've ever run into this, but if I remember correctly, when we, so, so again, we, we purchased uh, apartment buildings and we purchased six buildings all you know, basically all at the same time and each building had their own LLC. And there is something with, and I, I can't remember if this was Ohio or if this was Delaware, but we couldn't get an LLC. We, we couldn't get more than one LLC a day. And it I was EIN. Or maybe that's what it is. They use the same social security number. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. It was all underneath mine. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, so if you try to get, if you, if you try to get multiple EINs on the same day, it'll kick it. It'll just tell you, you know, go kick rocks. Yep. Yep. That's exactly what it was. Do you, do you ever run into that? I mean, would that be, you know, you would have to still do, you know, still, still fall we into just, that. We just, we just stagger it and we let the customer know we're like, Hey, using the same email address, 
or I'm sorry, the same social security number for all these EINs and you ask for 60 or six LLC. So it's going to take us six business days. Yep. Yep. Got it. Got it. Yeah. That's exactly what it, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. That is really, really cool. The other thing that we do that's really interesting and, and this gets even more so into it. So once we started doing all of these, once we started doing all this volume of these LLCs and we're still a very small company, but a couple of years ago is even more so. The thing that started happening, whether it was like a week later, a month later, or a year later, someone would say, hey, I want to add my dad as, a, as an owner of the business or as a manager oh, yeah. of the business, or I need to change the, the address, or I just realized that this business name that I chose is a bad business name and he changed that. So there's all these different amendments with the state that you have to do. Some of them are online, but unfortunately, a lot of them are like snail mail or fax. So while yeah. you can do the formation online the change amendment for an address needs to be faxed. And then like you go to the New York secretary of state's website and the fax line on there is wrong. Yeah. It's like, Hey, you're kicking this back at me. And you call them, you spend three hours to get a hold of someone. You're like, Hey, I'm trying to fax this number. They're like, that's the wrong number. And you're like, that's the number on the website. Yeah. You're like, yeah, we know, but it's the wrong number. Here's the right number. <laughs> so there's all this stuff that's gets just this human back and forth where it's like, it's 2021. Why are we still doing all yeah. this like manual talky talky back and forth? So we've got, we've kind of automated a little bit more so to where in our dashboard, where you can see all of your information, get all your documents. If you need to change something, the, the business name, you want to change it from ABC tile to XYZ tile. You literally just go and you make that change. And then after a couple seconds, it reaches into our database of 1500 different filings that you can do, you know, 50 States each have like a domestic and a foreign filing, an LLC, a corporation, and then all the change amendments you can do. There's like 1,500 different options you can you can do. So it reaches the database, says, okay, what is this? It's a Texas, it's a name change, okay? And it grabs that information. It gives you like a little pop-up. It says, hey, you want us to do this? The state of Texas charges this. This is what we charge to do it. It'll take this amount of time. If you've already done it, you have the, the sheet and you're just updating the system. You can upload this here for free or yeah. if you want us to do it, just put in your credit card information and we'll go do that. So that that prevents us from having to do all of this. Like someone sends an email and says, hey, I want to add a manager back and forth, back and forth. Now it's just like, go to the go to the dashboard, change whatever you need, pay yeah. the bill and we'll we'll do that on our end. That is really cool. Are you are you looking at any other markets to to you know launch similar types of systems in uh, at all currently? I'm just curious. You mean for legal stuff? No, like like a different a different market. So so when you're going through that entire that entire process, what popped in my head, which we had and and still are having an absolute complete nightmare with, is the water companies in Cleveland. You know, utility companies, I guess you could say. So when, again, when we take these things over, it was the same thing. We had. Uh, we had to literally fax our deeds to, you know, the water company. And then, you know, there's no, there's no one to call you back that, Hey, we got it. Or, you know, what's this, what's that? They ended up screwing the whole thing all up. And, you know, nine months later, we're still trying to figure it all out. Meanwhile, the water bills are growing and growing and growing. And they're telling us not to pay any of the water bills because it, it creates more work on their end to be able to fix what account it's being applied to. And then, you know, before you know it, then we get shutoff notices and it's like, you know, it's all over the place. So I'm just curious, you know, if, if you have any other plans. I think that's that's a situation one day for, there's a market for that. Oh yeah. Without Uh, a doubt. You know, just kind of manual BS work like that, where there are systems that people are just pissed off at. The problem is like, even if you were to develop a, uh, an automation platform that was capable of doing stuff like that, you know, do the people that are, are the people that handle it 
willing to pay for that right. software? And are they willing to, or do they have the technical prowess to actually do it? And is it enough of a pain in the ass that you like will actually spend the time to do it and the money to do it? So yeah. I, I'm, I am super interested in that kind of a market. That's not something better legal would ever do. Right, right. But yeah, I mean, you know, in the future, you know, I can definitely see me wanting to kind of do more because I've, I've learned through this process, I think the next round of things that happen, you know, APIs ate the world. Yeah, yeah. Now that there are all these APIs and now they're non-technical people that are like, can I just do this? Can I just do that? Instead of like, I've got an idea for a business, they're now saying like, why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? So, you know, I, I think it's going to take some time for people to kind of like, want that but yeah i think the next version that that this company has taught me is that the next wave of software is essentially going to be like professional services automation mm-hmm. you know like i i've i've had to deal with so much stuff with just accounting and yeah. our accountant and and you know how do you manage like the fact that we take 599 dollars for a, a state of Texas SOS filing, it's two ninety nine to us and three hundred dollars to the state. Well, then you got to break that apart. You know, it's two ninety nine to us and three hundred dollars never technically goes on our books. It's got to, but every single charge is a different amount. You know, yeah. so like Florida is four twenty four, New York is four ninety nine. So you got to know exactly how much the filing fee is, and then it's, it's a coupon code. Okay, fifty dollars off here. You got to like do all this this math. And, you know, if we didn't have all these systems automated, I can't even fathom. Like, I, I think about like 10, 20, 30 years ago before, you know, we could just do simple stuff like this. And just how much like having to get a developer versus me just doing it myself being like, yeah. oh, okay, I understand the problem and being able to kind of do it because of the no code tools that are out there now. Having just the amount of people involved in having to even set up a system. Yeah, yeah. 10, 20 years sure. 30 years ago, no wonder everybody was fully employed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, that is, that is really, really cool. And I, I mean, you have my, you have my head spinning about different things that we can uh, help automate in, in our, uh, in our business too. So this has been fantastic. What, what else to, is better legal? You know, it's, it's primarily LLC filings and all of that. Are there any other things that the better legal does? Yeah. So we're, you know, we're kind of struggling with that right now as we started, we, we, we started with, LLC formations. Um, but you know, there, there's that old adage of, you know, 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your customers. Yeah. Like what can we do, uh, to now that we have these customers and now that people trust us, what can we offer them over time? And so there are a lot of things we're kind of batting back and forth, whether it's like just having all of your documents in one place, almost kind of like being a Dropbox for a business. Um, you know, every employment agreement, every contractor agreement, like put it all in one place. Can we then analyze that? My, my sister's an accountant and she was, she was a director of finance for a, a hotel that the company she was working for acquired. And in the contract, it said that, you know, if you don't cancel such and such a service, it auto renews for another five years. And so the company that bought the hotel automatically got stuck with this extra five years of $100,000 a year service because they didn't cancel it because how do you go through that many documents and contracts and extract that type of information? That's kind of a, you know, up the chain a little bit, but those are the things that we're kind of interested in. We've started 
doing things like, um, or just providing, you know, if you've got a bunch of contractors, you've got a bunch of employees that you're, you're having to deal with. And those employers are saying, those employees are saying, Hey, you know, can I get my, uh, uh, employment agreement, um, please. Sorry. Can I get my employment agreement, please? Uh, can you email that to me? Because it's in your Google drive or your Dropbox and they don't have access to it. And then like, if you've got 20 employees, do you, you really want to give each of them individual access to this one document, but yeah. maybe they've got a healthcare th- plan as well. So there's a lot of stuff that I think we can do. There's just like document access and maybe parsing of that data. Yeah. Um, but what we started with, it's kind of pretty new is is just called, I don't really have a good name for it. It's just documents or live documents. And we started offering these free contracts that you can essentially just fill in the blanks. Okay. So, so a, our competitors like LegalZoom will charge you $300 a year for dozens of legal documents and they'll give it to you for free for 30 days. And if you don't call to cancel... Yeah, cancel. You got to call to cancel. You don't call to cancel. They'll start billing you three hundred dollars. The smart people get that thirty days, and they just go in and they just download all the documents because all they are are PDFs. Yeah. Yeah. So what we've done is we're like, okay, you're gonna you're gonna game the system. You're gonna download the documents free anyway. The documents aren't really worth that much because even a lawyer that you get these documents from that charges you three five hundred dollars an hour, these guys, these lawyers are getting it all from the same place anyway. They're getting it from Westlaw or their law schools because the law professors are the ones building the documents and then they're creating a boilerplate. And at the, at the annual continuing education, they're giving these, these lawyers, all this free documents and here's the deed lease thing. And here's that. And here's that. So all these documents are not done by hand by attorneys. They're pulled out of a folder. And then an attorney will actually go through a 30 or 50 page document and fix things. And I've caught our attorneys, not, you know, on a, on a, a stock option grant, just not filling in, a thing that like was highlighted and they just forgot to fill it in. So even an attorney making $300, $500 an hour is just missing yeah. this type of stuff. And so what we've done is we've got a system where we can take a document, a Word document, and everywhere where there's something that is changeable, whether it's like dynamic, state of blank, we just put state in there, state of state, and we put that second state in double square brackets. And we do that with all the rest of the information in the document and we upload it to our system and it automatically reads everything that's in the double square brackets. And on the left-hand side, just creates a form. Okay. So all you okay. Can do is just fill in the form like Mad Libs. And on the right-hand side, you see it live. You see the updates live highlighted in purple. Yep. Yep. And so you can actually create these documents and fill them out automatically, download them as a, as a Word doc or as a PDF. So you can do, more stuff, but the, the, the core stuff that you need to get done and you need to fill out this important is, is on there. So we've started by offering some of these free documents. We're adding more documents all the time. We're going to be adding more functionality to that, but you know, that that's essentially going to be free. I think what we do, what we go from there is possibly say, okay, if you've got your own document, we're going to give you these documents and you can use this for free. But if you've got your own custom document, load it into our system and we're going to charge you a monthly fee for you to, you know, easily fill out this custom yeah. document yeah. and then throw in some e-signature software. E-signature is not hard. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, have no, I have no idea what DocuSign's like a hundred billion dollar company or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, but that's like, you know, multiple deal stuff. Like I'm talking about just one document where two people need to sign it. We'll add some e-signature stuff in there and charge a monthly fee for that. So things around that, that I think a lot of people just don't do. 
because they don't know how to do it. They don't know where to get the document or they just kind of like, they do their best. So I'd really like to just kind of have a entity management system. There's got to be a better term for that. Kind of how, yeah. how Salesforce invented the term, the cloud. Yeah. Where, yeah. Well, it's not in a cloud. Like everybody knows that, but like, but, but people have, you know, gotten this idea that like, oh, it's somewhere that's retrievable all the time means the cloud. Yeah. Yeah. We need some kind of a small business management term that, that yep. is us, but I think where better legal goes is essentially just trying to bring like, like uh, bespoke legal services or, or the things that, that a lawyer might facilitate, you know, we're not, we're not a law firm. We can't be a law firm. We can't give advice or anything like that, but we can provide the toolkit for mm-hmm. you to kind of DIY lawyer yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you could all, you could also niche that into to certain industries again with real yeah. estate, you know, we've got, we've got six different LLCs for, for one, one, you know, one purchase that we made, you know, for this, for this Cleveland deal. So, so, you know, being able to niche that into specific industries, like, you know, we're, we have, I don't know, I don't know, probably 20 different companies that, you know, each of the buildings have, have, uh, you know, different, different LLCs behind them. So, so that makes perfect sense. So the compliance. Yeah. I've got a buddy who, who works for a, a, a development company that they build condos and he's like, we've got, you know, several hundred sure. LLCs that different investors are put in different money. And so we yep. are our administrative assistant for one month every year just does the Texas compliance because in Texas, it's all due on May 15th. Some states yeah. are like, you know, the anniversary of your LLC or like the quarter before the anniversary or whatever. But Texas is easy. It's like May 15th for everybody. But this administrative assistant from like the month of April files multiple hundreds of these different wow. uh, compliance things. So, you know, that's a service that we offer now. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, you know, niche stuff like that where it's like, okay, are you a, a photographer? Here's like the photography package. Yeah. Yeah. Are you a yeah. Freelance journalist. You do write for magazines and stuff like that. Here's a package and here's education that goes along with it. That is like sp- specific to you. So yeah, there's a bunch of different ways that we can go in that. Uh, Love it. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Chad, this has been a, a fantastic conversation. And again, my head is spinning with all kinds of different different things I'm going to look into about automating a bunch of different things that, that we have right now. So I certainly thank you for that. And if people want to learn more about you or, or uh, your services, what would be the best way to, to reach out and get in touch or learn more? Yeah, so betterlegal.com, a very simple website. You can get an LLC or corporation from us. If you don't need an LLC or corporation, but you've got a friend or someone in your network that does, you can go to referrals.betterlegal.com, become a referrer. Your friend will get $100 off. We'll send you a $100 check and everybody wins. I am on Twitter at uh, C-S-A-K-O-N is a Nancy. So twitter.com forward slash C-S-A-K-O-N. Um, I talk about automation and ideas and things that just keep me up at night all the time. But yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah, Chad, this has been fantastic. Again, many, many thanks and uh, look forward to, to seeing how things evolve for you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And remember, pass the secret sauce.